how I made Be Afraid of the Dark, the, the girl in the rain. Hello, my name is Desmond Lynch. I'm 23 years old and I want to be a filmmaker. I recently made a short audio drama called Be Afraid of the Dark, the girl in the rain, and I'd like to tell you about it. Development. I've been playing around with this idea for quite some time, always been writing bits and pieces but never getting anywhere really. It only really took off back in March 2020 when the first lockdown happened. At that time I just had a lot of time on my hands, so I just started writing up some stuff, wrote a few scripts and I even tried recording some stuff but none of it was very good. I got disinterested or just got too busy doing other stuff so I just let it sit and never got back to it. A few years later I got, I got back in the groove of making things, I learned how to edit better how to record sound better, how to write better, so I decided to start making stuff. I made a few short films alongside some audio projects I done on the side. The biggest thing I've done so far is my podcast, The Witch in the Orchard. That I spent quite a bit of my own money hiring out studio space and paying actors to perform. I've finished editing two out of the three episodes, soon to finish the third, and I'm also pitching it to various podcast networks to see if they would be interested in hosting it. I'm waiting for word back from them put a hold on editing the third episode temporarily as I was distracted by this recent project Be Afraid of the Dark. Be Afraid of the Dark is the story that follows a private detective called Damien. He's kind of like this troubled young man, very anxious, very traumatized, he has an alcohol problem and he's just struggling to get by in this really bad shithole city. His whole deal is that ever since he was a kid he could see ghosts. In this world it's not a cool thing to see ghosts, it isn't fun. He's really just seeing the remains of a lot of hurt and angry people in their very worst moment. So there's like a lot of loneliness and this spare in this, especially since Damien is the only person he's ever known to be able to see ghosts. Everywhere he goes, he sees horrible stuff like this, and the only way he's been able to deal with it is to learn magic and like find a way to talk to them, reason with them, and oftentimes just goes out of his way to bring them to peace, so they just leave and he doesn't have to see them anymore. It's a noble endeavor, but it's ultimately, you know, driven by his own pain and selfishness. He's want to never see this stuff again, which makes for an interesting character. In regards to tone, there's a lot of influences. I think one of the biggest influences for me personally was stuff like, you know, Batman black and white motion comic series that they developed like a decade ago. I'm quite a big Batman fan and I just find uh, watching these as a kid, they were just fucking great. There's also stuff like, you know, Blade Runner and Jessica Jones, other noir stuff like that. The show Supernatural played a big role in its influence, especially like the first five series. I felt like that direction they had in those early years was very gritty, very real. I thought its lore was very tight packed and compelling. The show also had like one of the best pilots I've ever seen as well. It actually plays a minor influence on the ghost of the working girl as a deal for woman in white. The woman in white, also known as the white lady, is a type of ghost myth present in various countries around the world. It's typically spotted in rural areas, so a young woman in a white dress who either speaks or is incapable of speech typically focuses on a young woman who's died under horrifying or tragic circumstances. Some of these stories will have a woman, you know, killed by her husband or, or father or, you know, others will have her die by suicide again very tragic deaths kind of taboo situations which lead to to hush gossip and speculation as to the reasons or cause that inevitably fuel an environment of superstition which is where supposed ghost sightings of a woman in a white dress come from the lady in red is more resonant example of the ghost of the working girl the lady in red or the red lady is very similar to the lady in white however they differ because the ghosts of these women who are prostitutes or other things like that they wear a red dress but otherwise do the same type 
type of thing, all died by murder or suicide, very tragic, very taboo deaths, again leading to speculation which eventually delves into superstition which breeds an environment where ghost sightings occur. Basically for the working girl, I combined those two ghost archetypes into one. Various ghost stories have the ghost be mistaken for a living person at first. What you get here, initially with the working girl, so obviously the cars begin, you know, driving through her. She's silent because of the shock and trauma of the situation, but also because, you know, production limitations and other stuff like that. You get to see two types of ghosts. You get the working girl, who is very recent, who is hurting, but a lot more put together. They resemble a person who's alive and can be mistaken for a person who's still living if you didn't notice signs. Then you have Gore, who is a ghost that's been dead for decades and, like, has lost a lot of his true self. Uh, he's basically becoming this, like, weird nightmarish ghoul thing, so he's, like, very much incapable of being mistaken for a real living person. Gore is the ghost of a gangster who haunted a comedy club where he was murdered. It's never really elaborated on in the story, but Damien worked a kiss in that club before it was demolished. Uh, he met Gore and became friendly with him. Gore is an interesting character because he's like, you know, the only ghost that Damien doesn't want to put to rest because, like, you know, he's so viable to his own endeavors. Gore, Gore doesn't want to rest either because he, you know, he's feared he'd just go to hell anyway, so... So the two came to this agreement. Damien took a piece of the floorboard of the comedy cellar so that Gore could inhabit it and accompanied Damien on his adventures. The magic stuff was simple enough, like a lot of blood ritual stuff. The magic words, for the most part, are just bits of dialogue I wrote and, and then verse, kind of like a Zatanna rule of magic. Magic is simplistic for the most part, very few rules or components laid out. Story-wise, it's all pretty simple, it only takes place in a few locations. Back alley, a street, a shitty motel, that's about it. It's a detective story that feels very personal because the supernatural elements actually allow for the detective to experience the sensation of dying. Having to go through that again and again and again makes for a really damaged and interesting character that I wanted to explore. So development like properly began about a week or two ago. I went out to the shop to get my weekly food supply. And on the way back, I kept thinking how I had to, had to get the edit for the orchard done and a bunch of other stuff. And I just kept thinking about being afraid of the dark and like how I could just get it done in less than a week. And so I just did that. So I literally just got home, started writing up again. I basically redrafted the pilot. Basically redrafted the uh, episode one, took out like the 10 minute intro, basically reworked that into a wee, a wee short story. And that's basically what we got here. And I finished writing that in about a day and I got to producing it soon after. Production. Production definitely is a mixed bag for me. I definitely like making things with other people. I like getting good performances out of actors and the feeling that you've come together to create something that's true and resonant. However, when you're recording by yourself, you don't really have that experience. The entire concept of this audio project was that it was just something I could do by myself in my closet. That's why there's only one narrator, only one character has any dialogue. The ghost of the working girl doesn't have any lines because I... Yeah, well, I don't have to explain to you why it's a bad idea to invite a woman over to your house and ask her to record in your bedroom closet. You know, that's, that entire scenario is just so dodgy, it's not worth all the goodwill in the world. My closet in my bedroom is where I set up the mic. I use the Rode NTG2. It's mostly only good for boom operator jobs that I get now and again, but for this project, it was serviceable. There's a lot of coats and the space is confined, so we got some decent soundproofing. There were some minor issues occasionally when you get flatmates running up and down the stairs or old pipes churning away or cars down the street, but it's nothing I couldn't fix in post. Uh, the main issue was just reading the entire damn thing. I'm not an actor, certainly not a voice actor. Anyone who's met me would assume I was either a serial killer or I'd, you know, 
gone for the Witcher trials, I just don't have a lot of emotional resonance. So I tried to have this deep general American accent when I recorded narration. I slipped up a few times, but I thought overall it was an acceptable performance given my lack of experience. I did that for just about three to four hours over the course of two days. It was a really uncomfortable experience just being stuck in a closet. Early summer, just messing up lines one after another. You just like lose your temper very quickly, so I had to take regular breaks. But I got through it. The dialogue for Damien, which I also did, was a lot easier. I recorded all his lines in like 10 minutes, and that was a lot more fun. It was less focused on pronunciation and audibility and clarity and more on emotional resonance, which is more interesting. I also did the breathing noises for gore, which was cool as well. At the end of the day, I was glad to be over and done with it. I recorded about 42 sound files, all of which were backed up on various hard drives, online backups, and other devices. You can never have enough backups, any data wrangler would tell you that. And once post was done, I started editing. Post-production. The editing process took a lot longer than I expected. I had maybe three to four hours of audio I had to churn free. Then I had to cut that down to just 20 or so minutes, decide which takes and which lines were best, and then stitch them together for the rough cut. You know, going through the sound, there were some minor issues. You had you know some sound effects that were clipped or distorted. Uh, so certain lines were just you know practically useless and had to be replaced with other takes. Also like mic axes or just like you know the position of the mic played a big role as does the pacing of the voice. Again, production was quite rushed because it was just an uncomfortable experience for me reading as a narrator. So I just wanted to get it over and done with. For the rough cut, I adjusted the pitch of my narration, taking it down about a semitone. I was concerned the listener would catch on. It was me doing both voices of the narrator and Damien, so I just tried my best to differentiate them. For Damien, I played around with the idea of like heightening his pitch, but ultimately just stayed with my original voice. Gorge breathing, I EQ'd it and changed the pitch to have this weird ethereal quality to it. For the orchard, I'd purchased about 200 plus music files and hundreds of royalty-free sound effects that I'd used for that edit. Uh, this time around, while I did use many of those same sound effects, music-wise, I had to look elsewhere. The orchard was very classical, very fantasy-based score. Be Afraid of the Dark is at its very core a noir detective story, so there's more modern influences, very grim and broody stuff that suit the genre better score-wise. I looked around and found about six or seven different royalty-free songs that were good and usable. A lot of royalty-free stuff is just not very good, but like when you find a good one, it's very good. I was very lucky to find about three or four songs that I used that were really good. I made sure to credit them in the description below the video. Sound mixing-wise, Be Afraid of the Dark is a lot more complex than I initially set out for it to be. Having finished up editing the first two episodes of Orchard, I'm used to working with like this 45 minute long track with two dozen tracks, dialogue, and sound effects all over the place. This project, it was a lot smaller, a lot simpler, but still very complex in parts. An example being ambience, the background sound, car horns, traffic, rain, that type of shit. That was a big concern. I wanted to make the city feel alive and real but not too distracting. So there's cars in the background, but there's like no passers-by, no drunks in the street, none of that stuff. Rain was a central component to the story. It's pathetic fallacy. It means to set the tone of the story, and it's quite suitable for the genre as well. Actually, adjusting the levels for the rain was quite interesting. The recent Matt Reeves Batman movie had an interesting sound mixing technique and how they 
really adjusts sound in certain scenes. Quite a lot of rain in that movie and in certain scenes that ambience is very present but then it's cut out. An example being when Batman is shot at by the penguin. The rain ambience is cut out almost entirely making the gunshots sound louder and more fatal. I tried similar techniques with the sound mix for this audio drama. Scenes like the flashbacks to the murder I cut out rain entirely, added some weird reverb effects to the street ambience to make it sound more distant and ethereal. I also added this neon light sound effect that kind of resembled the sound of an old time projector which was really cool too. Uh, a lot of thought went into the sounds, the levels of every sound effect, audibility of the dialogue and narration was the biggest concern so they had to be the loudest. Everything else had to be a lot quieter so it wasn't too intense or distracting. There are limitations to an audio only medium so there's certain sounds that I just didn't bother putting in. An example being Damien's footsteps, stuff like that would have just been difficult to edit because it's all about timing and there's no visual reference so you can't match it with anything. The lack of a visual reference meant that I didn't need to include that many sound effects either because without the visual reference there's no explanation as to where the sound comes from so it would just be there to cause a distraction to the audience. The main concern was having sound effects that were relevant to what was going on in the story. When Damien cuts himself to cast a spell, there's a sound effect for that. Here, his heavy breathing, his grunts of pain, it makes it more real. Then there's the magic stuff, kind of use the same sound effects again and again as a short audio project, so I didn't want to introduce too much weird stuff. Having been introduced to those sounds, the viewer will register what they mean sonically. Music, again, was all royalty-free stuff that I find online. I made sure to give them proper credit in the description. The image I used was free as well. I found it online. I used Google Images to find copyright free images that would be ideal for the project. Originally, I was just going to post it on SoundCloud and other audio-only platforms. However, I was concerned with the BSC quality of narration as well as the speaking piece of the voice, which would be too quick and difficult to understand. So I went about making a video version with subtitles. I think I worked on this edit for about four or five days, give or take. There's some rough edges, but for the most part, I think it's an acceptable product. Conclusion. For these types of projects, I try my best to live by Hank Green's advice on giving 80% of what you have, not 100% because 100% you have no idea what that looks like. Spend years working on a project and think you're only putting in 99%, thinking that that 1% makes all the difference. 80% you have a rough idea of what that looks like. With 80% you can finish a project better, faster, and you can make more projects soon after. And with each project you get better, more efficient, more skilled, you will eventually come to a point where your 80% is better than someone else's 100%. For this project, I definitely put in 80%. I think the piercing is the biggest issue of the entire thing. Again, production was a bit rushed on account of just how uncomfortable it was to record, but I made the best of what I had and got it done in my own personal deadline. These types of narrative stories, the goal is to discern or explore an emotion or a vibe. If you make a comedy and nobody laughs, it's a bad movie. If you make an action movie and people are bored watching it, it's a bad movie. This project, I felt genuinely disturbed listening back to certain scenes like, you know, the murder scene and the first appearance of the working girl ghost. If I felt that, and I'm more familiar with this project than anyone ever will be, then I'm sure someone who's only watched it once will feel that way too. What's next? I'm going back to work in the Witch in the Orchard, finishing up episode 3. I'm also producing another audio short with a voice actor buddy of mine, so that'll be fun. I'm also at some point looking to adapt Be Afraid of the Dark into a proper podcast series. I've actually already sent in a pitch to a network, so I hope to hear back from them soon. 
I got a bunch of other projects I'm working on, both stuff I'm making myself as well as stuff I'm doing for other people. In the meantime, I'm going to keep working on stuff and I'll be sure to keep you posted when I do.